It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, Kules. Welcome to Barca Talk. I am your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. And later on, I'm going to speak with Craig about the Levante match, kind of get our thoughts. Obviously, the Ansu comeback, which was amazing. But first, I want to dive in a little bit on La Masia. Now, it's incredible still that La Masia is just continues to crank out talented footballers at an alarming rate, right? I mean, I was doing some research about this earlier, and it's just crazy how good La Masia is at producing top-tier talent. Now, the ideal goal of any professional football team is to have maybe one or two homegrown talent players come out every four or five years to be in their first team. And we continue, I mean, the roster right now that we have that are La Masia, I mean, I'm talking La Masia Youth Academy players, right? Not just Barca B, but I'm talking like from a young age coming in at like 14, 16 years old is incredible. The way they're able to find these players locally, develop them, and obviously just have them perform at a level where they can plug and play at the first team. Now, really quick, let's just go through the list of the La Masia Youth Academy players that are on the first team right now. Obviously, especially with yesterday's performance, we saw a majority of them. But let's just go through the list right now as it stands. And that's Gavi, Balde, Demir, Ansu, Ricky Puj, Eric Garcia, Nico, Minguesa, and then obviously the, the, the big trio of P.K. Busquets, Sergio Roberto. I mean, you're talking... I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, I mean, eight players right there. It's incredible. It's incredible. Now, if we compare that to Atletico Madrid and Real Madrid, Real Madrid have four youth academy players currently on their roster, and they only have two starters and two players who have zero mids. Those two starters are Lucas Vasquez and Nacho Fernandez. Those players that have not got zero minutes is Antonio Blanco and Miguel Gutierrez. And Atletico only have one youth player playing on their starting or on their roster, and that's Koke. Now, as you can see the comparison, it's incredible that La Masia continues to crank out these players. It's awesome. It's amazing. And as I've been talking about for the longest time, especially since last year with, with all our financial hardships, Barcelona has to lean on La Masia players more than ever because not only are these players good enough to play in La Liga, but they're cheap. And economically speaking, this is how you want to do it. This plan has been set in motion long before this year. However, with the previous presidency, we've been going after high-priced veteran players because they were sexy, because they were goal scorers, like Coutinho, for example. Barca needs to lean on this heavily, heavily, heavily. And we've seen that with the right mixture of youth, you saw the match yesterday, and again, it was against Levante, but still, you saw the dynamism, the 
the youthfulness, the the speed, the directness that we have lacked, you know, in the last six matches, essentially. And again, it's impressive to be able to crank out these players at this level. It's incredible. Again, I am so impressed with this. And again, as we saw yesterday in the midfield with Nico and Gavi, the way they were able to help protect Busquets, and Busquets had a really fine game last night or yesterday where he wasn't exposed and he was just very savvy. He was very preserved. To me, that is the best of both worlds. You are developing these La Masia players. Now, Kuman wants to get full credit. He has to continue on this road using La Masia players in big matches and not be scared of the moment. Yes, they're going to have growing pains. They are. But as a supporter, that excites me more to see the growing pains of these youth players that could potentially be great players in the future. I don't know how you guys feel, but that's how I feel. And especially just watching... You know, especially Ansu celebrating. I mean, Ansu's a, a gem, obviously. He's a one-of-a-kind player that we need to protect. But also, if you just look at the line, I mean, just think about the depth that we have and we continue to pro- produce. It's it, it's incredible. One of the reasons why I love this team is the philosophy of La Masia. So again, we need to preserve these players. We need to use them more importantly, especially in this season. And Kuman. if he really wants to stay as the coach, I really hope Laporta is leaning on him to use these players going forward. Craig and I are going to speak a bit more about the Levante match, obviously talking about Ansu's comeback, which was incredible after 320 days missing. It was such a great sight to see. But before we do that, quickly, some Barca Talk admin. We have two things for you. Newsletter, if you're interested in getting the latest and the best articles, videos on the web about Barcelona, I aggregate it for you every Wednesday. Also, I give you a sneak peek of our Patreon community with our Barca photo of the day. I also include our WhatsApp chats in their highlights. So you kind of get a sample of what we do every day in our Barca Talk WhatsApp group, which leads me to the next thing. If you want more content about Barcelona from Spain, join our Patreon. It's awesome. For example, on Sunday, Mariana, who records the Barca Talk Cafe show with me on Friday, was at the match. She goes to all the matches. She shared awesome pictures and videos of obviously Ansu getting onto the field. Previous, she called it, and then gave us the celebration video from the press box. It was awesome. So if you're looking for that Camp No experience, you know, especially since you're outside of Spain, try us for a month and see if you like our WhatsApp group, because that, that to me is the best thing uh, that we are doing here. It's awesome. I cannot say it enough. It's so much fun. It's just real talk about Barcelona during the matches and talking the news. The other thing, too, is if you become a Patreon, you get the Friday show, Barca Talk Cafe, where I talk every Friday with Mariana Guzman of Conexión Deportivo and Adena Barca Podcast. And in a couple weeks, two weeks, actually, I'm headed to Barcelona, where I will finally meet Mariana, so I'm really excited about that in person. We're going to record Barca Talk Cafe from there. Anyway, after the break, Craig and I break down the Levante match and celebrate Ansu Fati's comeback. came back last night to beat my Niners and I oh, was mate. devastated. What a game. <laughs> you do you know what you you you, you looked alright. You looked I I I really don't rate Jimmy G at all, but he did alright yesterday. He did, but we still, you know, closing out these games is going to be difficult against top notch. It's still going to be there, but you know, this isn't NFL talk, but I just wanted to tell you that, you know, congrats on the victory. Thanks, uh man. we want we're going to talk about the Levante match that happened yesterday and of course, you know, we don't want to jump to conclusions right off the bat. Obviously, Barcelona won 3 nothing. 
good feelings all around, obviously with Ansu's performance and obviously uh, the perspective of La Masia talent that we continue to have. I want to start out first. I don't know if this was just me, but knowing that Kuman wasn't going to be on TV, I had this positive feeling already about the match. Was it just me or did you have the same feeling? Yeah, 100%. 100%. (laughs) It's kind of, they were showing clips of Henrik Larsson related messages to Schroeder. Um, And I just felt more confident with him not being there. I don't trust him. I don't trust him tactically. I don't think he is the person that galvanizes the team or that people get behind. So, you know, if he wants to pick the starting lineup, that's fine. But yeah, I agree with you. I think we we looked dynamic as a coaching staff yesterday, which is not something that I've ever really thought about because I've never had to think about it. But no, I think about it. It's worrying that I don't normally feel like that is how I put it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100%. I'm, I find it really interesting that they are no longer appealing his suspension for Atleti. Do we read something into that? Do we not? What's your take? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, one of the things they were highlighting today in the sports shows was the, they were trying to find Kuman essentially. Where's Waldo? Uh, he was mm-hmm. in a private box, basically hidden out of sight. And I think, you know, it was planned that way in that just to get him out of sight, out of, you know, out of mind type of thing and just kind of focus on the play a little bit, get him out of the limelight a little bit. And I think that helped a lot. And like you said, uh, seeing the interaction of the coach, the assistant coach, there was just something about it where Kuman lately just, like you said, he doesn't galvanize the team for me. So when I see him trying to give notes to players and so forth, like I just, it's it doesn't work for me. Yeah, 100%. We have, we have a saying here in the UK, which I don't think is probably said anywhere else, but maybe it is, is he had a face like a smacked ass. <laughs> which I'm not sure if that's a, if that's a very British turn of phrase or not, but he constantly looks like that. And, you know, you, you'd regularly, I've got Scottish parents and, you know, you'd regularly have your parents say to you, if you're happy, do you fancy telling your face that, you know, at least let yeah. your face know that you're happy. And that's how Cumin is. And how, how can that inspire a team of kids, which is what we largely are at the minute when you've got someone who's just so miserable on the sideline. Whereas surely yesterday, he just looked like someone that if you really wanted to look at someone for help, he had a bit of energy about him. That would inspire me, I think. Even if yeah. what he was saying is exactly the same message. So, yeah, I, I, I actually don't think Kuman um, was done any favours yesterday by any means because if that's life without Kuman, yeah, okay, we move yeah, on. Yeah. That's what I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> now, on the Friday show that I recorded with Mariana, I was screaming from the rooftop and also in our WhatsApp group just trying to give ideas of different formations, trying to use the players that we have on the bench and availability. Mm. And I was, you know, this has been kind of my, uh, that I've been pushing for, right? It's just to experiment, try different things, try to think outside the box, solve the situation of the players. And finally, we see some sort of changing, right, with the formation. Now, on Y Scout, it was saying 4-3-2-1, everyone else 4-2-3-1, but regardless, it's not a 4-3-3. Mm. And I thought one thing really came out of this. Did we discover that Dest is a better left back than a right back? <laughs> because honestly, it's one of his best performances that we ha- that he's had yeah. in a while. You know? Uh, he, you know, a lot of people were talking about his ability to cut back. He just looked a little bit more confident as well. And also just defensively, he didn't really, I mean, I, again, prefaces with Levante, but also, you know, maybe we discovered something and maybe it's a way to give Alba more rest and to intertwine Dest a little bit more. I don't know. It's a good point. It's a good point. I mean, the first thing that jumped out to me and you, you mentioned it there was, was what I, what I used to get really frustrated about with Dest on the right. And I'm saying that past tense as if he's not going to go back there again, but um, 
is how many times he would run the ball out of play or or he would manage to get across him. But because he would be stretching for it so much, it would end up going really high and looping over and just effectively going out for a corner or a, uh, for a goal kick, sorry, or a throw in. I didn't really see that yesterday. And again, it shows how much attention I was paying. I keep saying I, I never thought about it at the time, but I'm thinking about it now. But um, at, at the time, I never thought much about it. But when you said there about cutbacks and stuff, yeah, he, he was much more threatening in the middle because he was having to come inside and he wasn't able to run the ball out of play. Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe we need to just put some guardrails up. Maybe it's like bowling. You know, we, we, we need to say, OK, well, we can keep letting you try and hit a strike if you like, but we can just put these guardrails up and we'll all have a bit more fun. Um, maybe it's a bit like that, but I thought he played well. The obvious caveat is the one you just mentioned, which is it was only against Levante, and Levante kind of rolled over a little bit and let us tickle their belly. But um, I like Dest. I'm cynical now, though, if I'm being really honest. I, I don't wish him ill will, and I'm, I'm not writing him off or anything like that, but I'm, I'm, I'm cynical of him. I, he no longer inspires me with absolute confidence. So I think if we can get a good run of games at left-back, brilliant, because I agree with you. We need to rest Alba. We need to rotate in that position. Um I thought Minguesa played well at right back. I know I'm obviously changing yeah. the changing the subject, but I think you know they, they they seem to be fairly balanced. I think Minguesa got forward quite a lot, considering that he'd often be the person sitting back to allow for Dest to go forward. I thought they looked solid as a pair. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. I think I'm going to reserve. I'm going to reserve my judgment because I'm cynical of him, but he played well. Well, let me give you some stats on his game yesterday. So again, mm-hmm. you know, he had a 90% accuracy passing wise. 71 total passes. It's one of the highest totals that he's had in the last six matches. And on top of that, his crossing accuracy was 70%. And that's the highest he's had all season. And so I'm looking at his heat map and maybe there's something to it as a lefty cutting inside and having that space in the middle. Now you have some more cutbacks going the other way. And again, he was able to have better one-two touches. And like you said, that also puts Mingesa on the right side, which I feel more confident comfortable with and also maybe the other thing obviously with Levante not pursing they had everything in front so those things combined but maybe there's something to having Dest playing left back and then have this rotation because if he's if he has another performance against Benfica like this maybe there's something to it because now it starts to become something lining up as a trend as opposed to just an anomaly that's it and he seemed to just take a little a little second longer with things yesterday, which I think for him was a good thing because he, he's, he's prone to rush things a lot, is, is my perception. And I think he definitely looked calmer. He looked calmer going backwards and forwards, actually, even though there wasn't a huge amount to do going backwards for him. He looked calm. He looked... Yeah, he looked, he looked experienced is probably the best the, the best adjective I can think of to describe his performance yesterday. It was an experienced, really solid performance. So I, I'd, I'd hope it continues. Um, yeah. his, his speed's amazing, isn't it? And you see, yeah. we've seen that. They were terrified. So that, that assist for the for the Dion goal, the defenders are terrified of him. It's just how often have we seen him do that and then it comes to just absolutely nothing. So, you know, hope, hopefully there is a spark there and he can do well because he's so young still. He's full of exciting yeah. promise. Um I need to see him do it against Benfica before I yeah, get yeah. totally excited, though, I think. I would agree, too. And that goes to our attack that I want to kind of talk to really quick. Because chronologically, obviously, Memphis got the penalty with a nice movement mm. in the box. And then Luke Dijon got a nice assist from Dest yeah. to capitalize on that. Yeah. This formation, I think, also unlocked Luke Dijon a little bit. He was able to be the point man more as opposed to giving the crosses like he has been in the last two matches. I would say maybe the only person that seemed a little bit lost still is Coutinho a little bit there. I mean, he just kind of did whatever. I kind of would like to see maybe another midfielder there just to have some more action in that type of idea. But my question for you is Memphis. In the last matches, he's had some really 
you know, opportunistic, uh, well, he's had opportunities to score goals and so forth. Mm. And in this match, he had some as well in the run of play. Is his conversion ratio something of concern now? Because like in this match, he had at least three to four uh, clear opportunities where he wasn't able to convert. And against like a, a, a rival like Benfica, when you only have two opportunities, you really need to hit those, especially away on Champions League. Yeah, for me, I'm not worried at all. I think uh, there's a couple of things I noticed yesterday about about Memphis' performance and about was up up front actually, and I'll kind of come on to them as I'm answering this question. But for me, as long as you're making the goalkeeper work, then I'm I'm okay with that. I think everything else comes now. Strikers will go through peaks and troughs where things go in. You know, how many times have you seen a striker? He forces two or three saves from really, really good efforts. And then actually it's a shot that ricochets off someone's arse that goes in and that's where they get their goal and you move on. So as long as he's making the keeper work, I don't mind. And I feel like he'd, he'd done that yesterday. There wasn't many attempts where I thought they were. It, he was he was super wasteful, i.e. it was a dreadful effort on goal or he misread mm. something too much. He, 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 he generally made the keeper work. So I'm not worried about that. The other thing that I noticed, which are two things that which I found really bizarre, one, you, you mentioned that it opened Luke de Jong up a bit. Yes, it freed Luke de Jong. I'm not sure I agree necessarily. I think what what I noticed is the play bypassed Luke de Jong a lot, which made it look like he was actually getting free a bit more. But I think they were bypassing him. And one of the things, and this is I'm linking this back in, one of the things I noticed at least two or three times, the ball was crossed in for de Jong um, and Depay looked visibly confused as to why it didn't go to him. <laughs> And, and and it worries me that Depay seemingly has no confidence in De Jong. That needs to get fixed either way. I, I personally don't blame him a huge amount. I don't think he's the right level for us. I don't think he should be there, but he is. So that needs to that needs to improve. There was I know there was a cross from Ingessa. Mm-hmm. Um, he put the ball in the box, and and, and Depay like physically turned to him and was like, "Why, why are you not passing to me?" <laughs> when De Jong was in the better position, actually. So I think that needs to get better. And and, and I, I would bring Coutinho into this as well. Um, I think there was a lot of times where Coutinho could have actually helped Depay and De Jong out, in fairness, and, and laid a few balls in that, that he never. Um, and you'd end up hitting his shots from, you know, 20, cutting, hit the ball from 25 yards, it trickles to the goalkeeper. So again, if I look back at Depay's output to Coutinho's, Coutinho would often dribble a ball into the goalkeeper and you move on. Whereas Depay, yeah. I felt like every shot mattered, even if it didn't go in. So long story long. Um, I am I am not concerned by Depay at all. I thought he, I thought again he had a really good performance. He's a really good outlet. He he he, he harries and bullies defenders, and it's, it clearly scares them. Um, I feel for him because that yesterday I think he managed to make something golden out of what. Could, yeah, I was about to swear. <laughs> I can't swear. Can I? I tuned yeah, yeah. yeah. off. Yeah, uh, he, yeah. he 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 basically managed to make gold from shit yesterday. Yeah, yeah. The time yeah, I felt, yeah. which I thought was I thought was impressive. Yeah, I mean, again, I, you know, again, I, as a former glorified forward, I mean, I just see those opportunities. And I just like, glorified oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, I see just the, the inches that he's missing. So, yeah, I would agree that, you know, he's making the goalie work, but man, he just is, if he's able to convert, especially in the last three games, just one or two more chances, we're maybe having a different narrative from the last week, you know, because those are three points here and there. Now, again, I'm. Again, we'll see what happens with Luke Dijon. Yeah. Again, with Coutinho, really quick, just to tie this. Again, this is why I kind of prefer maybe having you know someone else up there, like maybe even giving Gabi a chance when Dijon comes back in the midfield, just because I I feel that he holds the ball too much still. And the other caveat too is maybe we need just to adapt more of a Italian counterattacking style, like they did this year in the Euros, where they just take the ball and go. 
don't wait for numbers. If you don't have numbers, it doesn't matter. Just go because with Memphis's speed, he may have more opportunities. Now, this is just I'm you know I, I see you thinking like this, but maybe you know sometimes we overthink the attack. You know where we have the possession and nothing quality comes of it. Where if mm-hmm. we have a two on three, a three on three, I think we should just go. You know, I think yeah. maybe that's just something that we, especially with the young legs, and that's going to go to my next question. You know, with this kind of new formation, maybe Levante wasn't prepared for this, but obviously Nico and Gabby had some fine performances. Being able to interchange up and down, that kept Levante on their feet and so forth. You know, what can we say about these players? What was your initial impressions of Gabby's performance yesterday and Nico's performance? Were you, I mean, I was super delighted, you know, because as I've been saying, and I said in the beginning of the show, La Masia players and La Masia is going to save this team going forward. Yeah. And we have to bank on them. And yesterday, I know we're always going to preface this. It was against Levante, but still, you have to take the positives out of this match. Yeah, 100%. You can, you can only beat what's put in front of you. And Correct. the problem at the minute is that we're not beating the teams that are put in front of us, right? So <laughs> yeah. to me, it kind of felt like validation, to be honest, in, in the sense of I felt I put a thing on on Twitter. I'm, I'm not very active on Twitter, but I put a thing on Twitter after the buy-in game saying... There's a lot of misreading of the room going on here, De- deliberately, in my opinion, by a lot of people about Barcelona at the minute, which say, uh, you know, the, 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 the fans the fans want a team that they don't have. Like, no, no, the fans don't want to... success this year for most of the fans that I speak to or that I interact with or I engage with or I read their tweets. Success this year isn't beating Bayern. Success is going out and actually trying to beat Bayern or at least play or at least entertain people. That's where my metric is. That's where most people seem to be. And I don't care if that's, 11 players from the B team. I don't care if that's 11 players that we've signed from, you know, Girona. I'm not bothered. Mm. Like, put a team in front of people that want to fight for the shirt, as cliche as that is, but they actually want to get, just get the ball down and play, whether that's intricate, you know, ticky-tacky, Ronald, <laughs> um, or, or whether that's whether that's counter-attacking circa early days of Lucho. I'm not bothered. Just entertain me. Try and Try and play the best that we can with what we have, you know, if it is what it is, well, let's make the best of what it is. You know, going back to what PK said, like, and I think we saw that yesterday, which is we saw players step up and be the best version of themselves, and that's enough for me. That's all. That's all I ask. So I thought it was amazing. I thought them lads did. Am- I thought they did amazingly well. I think they looked assured for their for their where they are in their career. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. It made players around them better. It, it frees Busquets up. Busquets is doing a tenth of the running, which makes him a million times better as a player because he's not knackered for 85 minutes. So it, it allows, it's all self-fulfilling then. You start making players around you better, more energised. There's no hiding players because these other lads are putting the effort in. And I thought it was brilliant. And to go back, sorry, to jump to the Coutinho point, it ties into this for me though, which is, Coutinho's trying too hard and he needs to take a leaf out of the book of these young lads and and do the right effort. He's misplacing his effort. Stop trying to shoot from 30 yards. We don't need that from you. We need we need you to actually play what you're there. If you're going to be the quote-unquote 10, we need you to link the play up. We don't need you scoring from 30 yards. And I think that's where if we get someone in like Xavi, caveat, who knows who that'll be, if that'll be anyone. But if I think someone like Xavi could come in and I think he could work really well with, with all sides of this conversation because he's going to massively enthuse and energize these youngsters who are already doing really well. And hopefully he can sit down with some veteran players and just give them a bit of perspective about what playing in the best Barcelona side was like. And for, for Coutinho, that's a case of, I, I would be saying to him, I don't need you to be my Messi. I need you to try and be my Iniesta. He's never going to be that player. But yeah. if that's the mindset of Iniesta wasn't shooting from 35 yards every game. Iniesta was 
playing 10 yard passes that would stop us in our tracks. Coutinho can do that. What Coutinho can't do is, is score wonder goals. So I think Coutinho has to learn from the youngsters, but they blew me away yesterday. I thought our midfield, that's, that's one of the best midfield performances I've seen for a long time for yep, us. Yep, yep, yep. I would agree. And I, you know, the youth have legs, you know, uh, they're playing with no, like, as you talked about with Coutinho, they're just playing, right? There's they're no Scott trying. tissue, is there? Exactly, exactly. And, yeah. you know, I kind of equate Busquets performance yesterday, almost like Ed Reed in his later years. Ed Reed was one of my favorite free safeties mm. uh, in NFL, right? And in his later years, he didn't have the speed like he used to. Mm -hmm. But when he did, he was such a savvy veteran to pick yeah. and prod, right? But it all depends on the pass rush in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. And we can use that analogy. Nico and Gavi were the pass rush because they were providing all the speed and all the pressure where Busquets could read behind. And that to me is like the perfect mix of how you're going to use Busquets, especially in these next two seasons, where you want to get still the best performances out of him because he cannot do the running like he used to. I mean, it's, it's, it's obvious, right? Yeah, so I would agree. I would agree with that. Now, Going forward, especially against Benfica, because that's going to be a ramp up in competition. It's in Portugal and so forth. But how does Kuman still use kind of the goodwill of La Masia's promise, you know, especially after this match? Does he roll out the same lineup going forward and try that with Benfica? How does he kind of, because my fear is to go back to the 4-3-3, going to something that's static again uh, going forward, not, not only for Benfica, but for the next batches. To me, that all hinges on. We've had this chat before. I, I don't. I don't believe it's formations. It's it's intent and it's 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 how you approach the game out with your formations. So if it's four three three, I've got no qualms with that. But the pie has to be the nine. It has mm. to be. We can't. We we need movement up there. Mm. The four three three, the four two three one, four four two. Christ, play whatever you want, but you need more. <laughs> you, you need more. You need mobility up front, and you need stability at the back. And if we don't have that, it's irrelevant what style we play. My worry is that, similar to Bayern, we've put De Jong up there, and we look we look tired again. We look leggy, and and that that's the risk is that Benfica. Yeah, they're not buying, but they're also not Levante, as we've said a few times, and you know they, they can hurt us. So I'm not bothered what formation we play necessarily, but I think we need to put the pie as a nine. Uh, but then that lends itself to all sorts of questions about who who we put who we put out wide then, because I'd be terrified if we give Ansu a start. Yeah. I would hate that unless unless we we used to do it with Messi, give him the first 45, take him off at halftime, no matter what's happening. Do that. Yeah. That's that's the maximum I would push that lad. I yeah I mean that's 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 interesting because that's going to the the next you know topic I want obviously the Ansu factor it's going to be interesting because after the performance last night I mean it was awesome because Mariana who was at the game goes to the matches she was able mm -hmm. to share Ansu's introduction video in our WhatsApp group that was awesome and then all of a sudden like five minutes later he scores a goal right and as you can see Ansu is just a special player. There's just something about him. And as they say here, you know, he's just a star. Like, there's just something about him that everyone could not stop talking about him after the match. Yeah. Not only, obviously, his work ethic, his talent, but also just the person he is and all that. I really hope for this next match he doesn't start. Obviously, I would like to see him get some minutes. I know they have a plan, but, I mean, how awesome was this moment after, you know, 320-plus days of not playing and to come out and score like that? I mean... And, and obviously, who does he run to? Arahu, who's my other shining star for this year that's giving me hope. But yeah. this was, you know, I can see why everyone is so positive about yesterday's match, and I like it. But, man, we really have to watch with Ansu because he yeah. is our future. 
Yeah, 100%. And he was just electric, wasn't he? Like, yeah. every, every time he got the ball, I felt like something might happen. And that that's so precious when you get it. So I think we need to be careful with him. We need to not overburden him. He's very young. We need to learn the lessons from Dembele because we handled that so badly. That yep. you, we, We've got to put some of the blame on his injuries and ourselves, sadly. Um, so I, I don't know. But that, that's the big question that, that, that sticks for me is I want us to play Depay as a nine. Certainly until Aguero comes back and it is some kind of semblance of fit and then we'll, we'll try Aguero as a nine. But Depay, I think, is our nine. Ansu goes out wide and, and, and presumably Dembele goes out wide in the other flank. But who who in the meantime, I love Demir. I, I really like him. I'm happy to have him on one side. But I don't know I don't know who goes on the other flank. That's my big question for Benfica is how do we how do we avoid having to play Luke de Jong? Because you either completely negate what his game is about, which isn't his fault, or yeah. you completely alter how we have to play to bring him into the game. And he's not He's not a good enough target man to just keep pinging the ball at him. He's not Benzema. He's yeah, not yeah. He's not Diego Costa. He's not that player where, fair enough, it might not be the best to watch, but do it because it's effective. So Benfica all rests on, it all rests on what we do up front for me. I think the midfield, no matter which, no matter which midfield you pick now, I'm confident. Gavin, Nico, De Jong, Pedri, Busquets. I mean, Busquets, the stick that we were giving Busquets last year, put a bit of energy around him and he's a, he's a different player. He looks vintage. Um, so I think defensively, I'm okay. I think we're light, but we're all right against Benfica. We shouldn't be caused massive problems. Testegen looks like he's in a bit of form. I've got no idea what you do up front. What would you do? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, again, I'm curious to just have Ansu go for the first half, like you said, and just say that's 45 minutes and you're out. I'd rather have him in the beginning of the match, knowing, prepare him for it, plan for it, and then in the second half, have a second plan. I mean, but, you know, I, we're, we're more kind of outside the box thinkers with this. So I don't know. Uh, obviously, I would, you know, with Ansu, you know, like you said, he's so scary with the ball. It's not even just with the speed. It's just the ability of how he just keeps the ball, dances left and right. He always mm-hmm. keeps the defender like they're on ice skates. And we haven't had that in a long time, you know. I mean, obviously, vintage Messi and Neymar, obviously. But, like. With Fatih, I just feel more confident, and maybe that's just because of his La Masia growing of just understanding spatial and players and movement within the system. But again, I'm obviously really excited to see him back, and and you know, obviously today in Spain here they've been you know fawning everything with the videos and you know the celebration. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. you know before he goes into the match, right? He he hugs all the medical team, you know, and that just tells you when I see that. I always think, you know, wow, this has been a not, obviously not just on Ansu's shoulders, but also the team doctors putting together the time, the effort, you know, especially with the unknown of this before, right? Because in the middle of this, we didn't know if he was going to come back, when, how, you know, what. And man, I mean, at, you know, Fati yesterday, obviously the midfield of La Masia and obviously Arahu and all. I mean, again, we continue to produce these players, and that's why it's so vital for Barcelona to lean on them, especially when we're in this financial hell to go forward, because they're still uh, top tier players. I mean, I just did a thing in the beginning of the show, Craig, where I took Real Madrid and Atletico's youth academy players on their team right now, and they both have less than two or three on their team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have six to eight. And it's, it's so, like, it, it's so it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's so, it's so exciting. But that's why we need to, in my opinion, we need to get away from this narrative of this is all just 
we're all just marking time until Haaland yeah. sign. Yeah, or yeah. Luke De Jong, I, I'd rather we never signed Luke De Jong. Register Kiado. Yeah, yeah, I know he's a different player, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just I, I, we need to, we need to get away from the from the crutch of experienced players. We've been burnt so much in the last two um the last two juntas where we've just signed these fucking nobody veterans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that have come in on silly wages and we have to ship yeah. them off to to Qatar or to yeah. China or to wherever, and you know they end up just being dreadful. We need to get away from it because La Masia is is brilliant for a reason. Like someone said to me a couple of weeks ago, they said, "Oh, why why did La Masia stop producing players?" And I said, "They never did. They just stopped producing <laughs> them for our first team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just yeah. went elsewhere and became really good, and we we would then buy some of them back. Like, and I don't think that's ever changed. La Masia is there, and we should be brave enough to go and drink from that well that we've dug. But and I think Laporta is he is." But we need with the fans need to do exactly what we did yesterday, which is every time these young players do something, let them know about it. And every time they need our help or they need picking up, look at when Bal- look at when Balde went off with his back injury. Look at the anger that happened yeah. at first, and then when people realised the injury, look at the support he got. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's played what a hundred minutes for Barca collectively first team, if that less. Yeah, less than that. Less so you know, yeah. and look at that support. You know, there was a, there was yesterday. Was it? Was it Gavi that that ran through and tried to chip the goalkeeper when he probably should have yeah. squared it? Right, give him a cheer because he's made that run and he's broke the line and he, he'll learn from this. And we're doing that this season. We we are a fickle fan base, and well, we have been certainly in the times sure. where we've given players a lot of stick they didn't deserve. I feel like the fans are on board this year, and Laporta needs to harness that and say, right, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna maximise this, reduce all the contracts down I can, and if they don't want to reduce it, get get rid. Like it looks like everyone's on board. But no, I'm 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 as happy as we can be. We just yeah, need yeah. to change the manager. For sure, for sure, for sure. And we'll just finish off with this because obviously with champions it's gonna give us another litmus test, especially mm. with the last three games, you know, playing Cadiz, Granada, and now Levante. Yeah. You know, anyone you know, those are bottom of the team bottom of the table teams right now. So we you know, it's really hard to get a gauge because all these matches are gonna be competitive. But I think Benfica, especially at Portugal. It's going to create another monster for these young kids, you know, and I really hope Kumin just rolls this momentum for this match. Any thoughts, any feelings about this, this complicated match uh, coming up on Wednesday night? I think we'll win. I've got a feeling we'll win. Benfica are a team that I've always associated with kind of soft collapses. They're a bit kind of Villarreal to me. Always play nice football. They've always got a few pearls in, the, in their team. Got a lot of rich history, but I generally expect them to lose when it matters is how I've always perceived them. Um, I think we'll win. I think I'm interested in what that means for us because I want Kuman gone ASAP. Yeah. Um, part of me now, I would I would never be one of those people who want us to lose in order for us to facilitate a, a consequence of that. I think that shouldn't be. You know, a manager doesn't become sackable because they've lost one game. You should be. They should be right or wrong before that. So I worry what you know. If we go there and we win convincingly, does that keep Kuman in longer? That's not ideal, but it is what it is. No, I think we'll be okay though. I think I think we'll do all right. I I think this this weekend could have been a bit of a turning point where we looked we looked like every element of the club had a bit of belief. And I, and going back to the very start of this pod, is that because we, there was one person on the sideline that wasn't there? Yeah, that's that's interesting. Well, Benfica are unbeaten in their last six. That includes the Champions League match against PSV with a zero zero tie. So, you know they're in really good form lately. It's going to be difficult, you know, with the crowd there in Benfica. It's going to be definitely a test. And again, we're going to see if Kuman can maximize what he found by accident, I feel like, you know, because this is just a year and a half of like going back and forth. And yes, you know, as we've been clamoring, just try, figure out stuff. You 
you have to experiment. This is the time to do it because yeah. we have no other option. So we'll see what happens with that. I have a good feeling. I think if he rides the the youth players with this mm-hmm. with this starting eleven, I think I think we have a, a really good fighting chance. But again, Benfica is going to be tough. It's going. I mean, normally I would say it's a walkover. We got this, no problem. But as we've seen this season against the bottom of the table teams, every every game is going to be competitive for Barca for the, for the most part. Correct. Well, Craig, thanks for joining me. Um, F the Packers, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll talk soon. Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.